the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's podcast, sponsored by Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale at Hillsdale.edu. I encourage you to take advantage of the many free online courses there. And, of course, to listen to the Hillsdale Dialogues, all of them at Q for Hillsdale.com, or just Google Apple, iTunes, and Hillsdale. Bonjour, hi, Canada. Hugh Hewitt live inside of Studio North here and on the Salem News Channel. Good morning. A lot happened overnight. The Ukrainian armored columns pushing towards the Sea of Azov broke through the last line of Russian defenses. It's a narrow breakthrough, but it is a breakout. The Telegraph of Great Britain reporting that the Ukrainian military punched through a section of Russia's main defensive line on the southern front with an armored assault for the first time. Video footage from the front lines has seen. The Wall Street Journal followed with Ukraine sends first armored vehicles through breach in Russian defenses. It would be a significant milestone in the three-and-a-half-month counteroffensive aimed at cutting Russia's occupying army in two. Too bad they don't have the attackums. Joe Biden has refused to send. This would be over at this point. Senator J.D. Vance made a good point yesterday that Joe Biden wants a blank check. Doesn't have a strategy. Well, he's incoherent. That's why he didn't have a strategy. And as a result... Some Republicans, I think up to 30 of the 265 senators and Republicans who are up there, are turning against Ukraine aid because Joe Biden can't lead. He can't articulate. Speaking of which, president's in a world of hurt this morning. I mean, a world of hurt. Uh, not only is he getting crushed on the migrant uh, invasion, it, it's not a flow, it's, it's not an influx, it's not a new wave. It is quite simply an invasion. Hundreds of thousands of people. 10,000 people a day are being met, greeted, and turned loose. And those are the people that we see at the border. And President Biden got up at a fundraiser last night and repeated the same thing twice within two minutes, Jonathan Lemire of AP reporting, giving people pause. Then he went over to the Congressional Latino Caucus to address them. And he said this again, it's the Congressional Hispanic Caucus that he's talking to. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus. Joe Biden says this, cut number 12. I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say everyone, everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. You betcha the Congressional Black Caucus is he stares out at all the members of the Congressional Hispanic Democratic Caucus. Then he mumbles along, cut number 13. For decades, immigration reform has been a bipartisan in this country. Unfortunately, the mega Republican in Congress and my predecessor Spent four years gutting the immigration system under my predecessor. Do you, do you want to believe that? Does anyone want to believe Donald Trump built the fence, built the wall, half of it at least, and some say three quarters, uh, immigration influx dropped, and the messaging was dramatically more effective. Yesterday, the president gave a half million work visas to Venezuelans who had fled the communists in Venezuela. And that which gets rewarded gets repeated. And Bill Magulian, I can't say his name, uh, from Fox News, had amazing footage. It's like a river of people in South Texas. Uh, so Peter Ducey asked Corrine, I'm not the press secretary, uh, Pierre, whatever, what about that? And she won't answer the question. 
Guy Benson talks about that last night on Fox News special report cut number 16. The images, to the extent that they're being shown by much of the media, but the images speak for themselves. It's absolute chaos. 10,000 encounters a day at this point, Mm -hmm. plus all the gotaways. And just this unbelievably lame, insulting talking point that it's the Republicans' fault. Republicans passed a border bill back in May. The Democrats don't like it. They're not interested in enforcement. But the Republicans have taken action. The president has plenty of tools at his disposal to make this better on the enforcement side. He chooses not to exercise those options because he's not interested in it. And so that exchange between Corinne Jean-Pierre and Peter Ducey earlier, to me, was just very almost infuriating to watch because Peter asked a specific question and the response from the press secretary was a quick deflection to something he didn't ask. And then she just moved on to someone else hoping for it was infuriating because there's not there's no story to tell. Even the New York governor, Kathy Hochul, got in on the act on bashing Biden yesterday. Cut 18. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the door is open, Governor. Talk to your president. The door is open. Biden faced competing pressure as he tries to ease the migrant crisis, right to the New York Times. When the New York Times is calling it a crisis, it's a crisis. Meanwhile, on the Republican side, things are not good in the House. There's a crack up in the GOP House caucus. Congressman Michael Aller leading the Republican moderates into a continuing resolution with Democrats that will be a clean CR because a dozen right-wingers are laying down on the floor and kicking their heels, led by Matt Gates, Dan Bishop, and Matt Rosendale. Michael Aller will join me late in the hour to discuss that. Meanwhile, the Republican National Committee threatens to poll New Hampshire debate if the state moves up its presidential primary. Republican Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire responded, told Fox News, we will not be threatened, we will go first, end of story. This is only a controversy because Iowa is changing its rules to make it look more like a primary rather than a caucus. And New Hampshire goes first by state law, even if they have to hold it in in November. Uh, The RNC has got superb leadership in Ronna McDaniel, and she will sit down with the I met the New Hampshire chairman, Chris, last week and uh, not the governor, Chris, but their their RNC chairman. They'll work it out. They'll figure it out. Iowa, go back to the caucuses. That's the answer. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is fighting back against erosion of his Iowa support based on abortion by pointing out to the Republicans that he's done more in his four years as president for the pro-life movement than any other Republican ever cut number one. Last year, I was able to do something that nobody thought was possible. And you have to really think about this and study this because it's very important. We ended Roe v. Wade. You just you think about that. You just think about it. Because people have to get elected. We have to get elected. But I did something that for 52 years people talked. They spent vast amounts of money in fighting it, but they couldn't get the job done. 52 years they fought. And they fought hard. They spent large. They'd have fundraisers every night. They couldn't get the job done. I got the job done. I got it done. Here's his reply to people who think he's gone soft on abortion. And I think it will be effective. He did put the justices on who did overturn 49 years of bad constitutional law. Now Dobbs is the rule of the world. And he is being very cagey on what he wants to do. But you know what would secure him the nomination 
if he would call up Matt Gates and knock some sense into that knucklehead. He is bringing down the Republican caucus. He and Matt Rosendale and Dan Bishop are the ringleaders that are bringing down the Republican caucus. And Matt Gates is the only person he's afraid of because he's just too dumb is uh, Donald Trump. So if the former president called up and slapped Matt Gates around a little bit and said, Matt, this is not actually a good idea. We're going to end up with a clean CR and that's a bad idea. We're going to give the House back. So I'm going to be president. I'm going to get impeached again. Donald Trump has got to tell Matt Gates, I do not want to give the House majority away. You're going to get me impeached again, even when I win the presidency again. So please knock this off and follow McCarthy. He knows what he's doing. That's what former President Trump could do to help the Republican Party out right now. And I think probably lock up the nomination if he did. Because Matt Gates is nobody's idea of a prom date. And everybody would like to see the president slap around. Now, the president's loyal to Matt Gates. But he wants to win a House majority that doesn't impeach him. you got to shut that guy down. Coming right back, America. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt on this Friday. Sources on Capitol Hill. I might stop the broadcast early in the morning, but I keep working the Hill and calling people on the phone to find out what's going on inside the House GOP caucus. And sources told me Mike Lawler, freshman extraordinaire representing New York 17th Congressional District, had gotten together enough moderate Republicans to sign a discharge petition in response to the blockade on the budget brought about by Matt Gates, Matt Rosendale, Dan Bishop, and a handful of others. So I tracked down Congressman Lawler, and he agreed to come on with me this morning. Good morning, Congressman. Nice to meet you in person. You as well, Hugh. Thanks for having me. Before we dive into the details of the caucus, can we get your bio? Because you're new to most of my audience. I'm not even allowed. I don't know if Governor Hochul allows me to be broadcast in New York, but tell us about you. (laughs) Yeah, born and raised in New York. I live just outside New York City. Uh, My district, the 17th Congressional District, is home of Bill and Hillary Clinton and George Soros. Uh, So fitting that they have a Republican congressman uh, these days. But uh, I was executive director of the state Republican Party, got my start as an intern for John McCain going back 2008 on his presidential campaign, served one term in the state assembly before running for Congress last year. I had heard great things about you from Ed Cox for years. And so I know you know what you're doing politically. It's a difficult district. You brought part of the majority in. You got to hang on to it now. I'm sure you're fighting every day. By the way, what's your website, your campaign website? LawlerForCongress.com. L-A-W-L-E-R. The number or the letter for what? At number four, Congress? F-O-R. F-O-R. LawlerForCongress.com. Okay, Congressman, what is going on? Everybody knows about Matt Gates, Matt Rosendale, and Dan Bishop who listen to this show. They're the knucklehead caucus, and they're stopping everything. What is your response? Well, I think, obviously, uh, I understand their concerns about spending. It's part of the reason I ran for Congress. Uh, You know, I voted against New York's disastrous budgets as a member of the state legislature. We absolutely need to rein in spending. But we only control one half of one third of the government. And when you don't control the Senate and you don't control the White House, there's a reality that we have to deal with. We still have to govern. Uh, The American people did elect us to serve as a check and balance on the Biden agenda, the five trillion in new spending. uh, And we want to rein that in. But we can't rein that in if we can't pass legislation through the House. Uh, And every day that passes, we are giving Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden a stronger hand. This is a disastrous economy. Obviously, the southern border is a complete mess. 
Uh, we're feeling the impacts of that in New York. And Chuck Schumer has a real crisis. And so Kevin McCarthy uh, brought to the conference uh, with the help of Byron Donalds and Chip Roy and Scott Perry and Dusty Johnson, Stephanie Bice uh, and Kelly Armstrong, a conservative CR that would extend government funding for 30 days while reducing it by 8% and pass HR2 again uh, and, and move it over to the Senate so that we could negotiate on something to actually attack the border uh, while reducing spending. These folks said no, they refused because in some bizarro land that they live in, uh, no, we don't need to fund the government in the short term. We can shut it down and, and that'll strengthen our hand, even though uh, we only control you know one half of one third. So it really makes no sense. Um, they now are demanding that we uh, pass four appropriations bills at once uh, and then maybe uh, start handling a few others and then maybe handle a few others after that. And then maybe they would consider a CR. Uh, I didn't come here to shut the government down or play stupid games so we could raise, you know, five dollar donations uh, by claiming we're doing something and sticking it to the administration. When, in fact, all they would be doing is screwing the American people. Uh, you're not saving money in a shutdown. In fact, it's going to cost more money in a shutdown. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're weakening our hand and the speaker's hand to negotiate. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I don't think they've ever played cards in their life. Uh, and, and I don't think they know what the first mover advantage is. If you put the Republican congressional uh, resolution with the reductions in the border security in it over on the desk of the Senate, then it has to come back to conference. And that's when the knives come out and you have to get to yes. But then it's an equally bur uh, born burden. They don't care because I think you nailed it. They want their name in the paper because it generates clicks to get them five and ten dollar donations by people who don't know any better that they're gumming up the works. Leader McCarthy, I know you voted for Speaker McCarthy when he was Leader McCarthy, became Speaker McCarthy. It's the same 15 people. Now it's down to the same five people. There really is no negotiating with them. So I think the only way to negotiate with them is to threaten the discharge petition. Would you tell us what that is and whether or not you've got the votes to bring that forward? Yeah, I've, I've sat through uh, hours of, of meetings and negotiations with these folks over the last 72 hours. And they continually move the goalposts. As I've said, they don't know how to take yes for an answer. They don't know how to define a win. They don't know how to work as a team. Uh, and, and so ultimately, we're left in a position where responsible people uh, need to be the adults in the room. Uh, there are at least five of us, uh, which is all that is needed, to sign a discharge petition, which would allow a bill to come to the floor for a vote. The Democrats have 213 signatures on a previously signed discharge during the debt ceiling negotiations. It's still live and active. Uh, and so if five of us sign it, it would it would, uh, you know, uh, begin the clock 
on ripening the discharge and allow a bill to come forward. The question is, what would that bill be? I am part of the Problem Solvers Caucus, 32 Republicans, 32 Democrats. Uh, We have been working on a framework uh, that would be uh, the basis for a bipartisan CR uh, that would extend government funding for three months while we work through the appropriations process. It would provide Ukraine funding. It would provide disaster relief. And it would have remain in Mexico uh, policies uh, implemented as part of the agreement. And so that is something that I think, you know, as we're dealing with this border crisis, is critically important uh, that we get a win on the border. Uh, And my colleagues had an opportunity here with the CR that the speaker put forth and rejected it because they don't want to vote for a CR. It's illogical. Uh, and it weakens our hand at the negotiating. Congressman, table. may I? My theory is they don't want to vote for anything Kevin McCarthy is doing because they hate Kevin McCarthy because for whatever reason, Kevin McCarthy can get stuff done. And this is a personal vendetta by five guys. Ken Buck was not. Ken Buck didn't know what he was doing. He's getting ready to sign a CNN contract and go out the door. You've lost the guy from Utah who had to retire because of family uh, issues. So you're down a couple of votes. Will you have people stand up and put their names next to Mike Lawler's names publicly to increase the pressure on the five? I I think we're getting there. You know, people like Don Bacon, Brian Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, I'm going to speak for anybody. But the the reality is uh, we need to govern and we need to ensure that the American people are not hurt uh, by these games. Uh, I called it a clown show the other day because that's precisely what it is. Uh, they get, the American people gave us the opportunity to be in the majority to get things done. You can't get things done if you can't work as a conference and as a team uh, to pass legislation. And if these folks are unwilling to compromise within the conference before we even get to the Democrats, uh, if they're unwilling to compromise within the conference, all because they don't like Kevin McCarthy, uh, it's a joke. And I think it's time for all of my colleagues uh, within the conference to really push back uh, on these folks and expose them for the hypocrisy uh, and the absurdity of what they're doing, because they're not helping the American people. They're not advancing. Congressman Lawler, I got it. You got to clue me in on what the dynamic in the room is, because Matt Rosendale and Dan Bishop want to run for statewide office. They're dead, dead on arrival now. There is no way they're going to win because there are too many center right Republicans, conservative Republicans who believe in winning incrementally and going mile by mile. Uh, Matt Gates is in a safe district. He's just he living on Mars. There's only only Donald Trump can get him to move. And the former president is going to realize very soon if they don't get anything through, they're going to lose the House. He's going to get impeached again, even if he wins reelection, if we lose the House. It's crazy for Donald Trump for them to be doing this. But when they stand up, do they make a lick of sense? Do people boo them? What What's it like in the room? Because it's just idiocy. Well, I, I compared it to Festivus. You know, it was an airing of the grievances uh, the other day, listening to some of the, the diatribes coming out. Uh, but again, it's just it, it's people refusing to get to yes. Um, and. Uh, not all of them. Some of them, you know, they have legitimate arguments. They want to to get through the appropriations process. They want to get to as low of a number as possible. I understand that. But you have to find compromise within the conference because we need 218 and we only have a four seat majority right now uh, with Chris Stewart's resignation. So it, it, if you can't find compromise within the conference and you're unwilling 
to to move on uh, appropriations bills, pass the rule, uh, or or move on a CR. All you're doing is handing it to Chuck Schumer to jam us, and it's foolish. It's Am really I foolish. And, you know, I I call it I call it munch thousand at work. I mean, these people create the problem, blame others, and then pretend that they're solving it, uh, and then they keep doing it over and then they and raise over money and over. I, but I've I followed Chip Roy on this as being sort of a very steady north star of the serious hardcore fiscal conservative. Chip Roy wanted to move the defense bill, did he not? Absolutely. And did every veteran well, in the Chip, house want Chip, to move? Chip, Chip, Chip was an honest broker in this. Byron Donald's honest broker in this. They they understand that at the end of the day, we still have to move something through the house if we're going to be in a position to negotiate. It's the same thing as the debt ceiling. The reason we were able to jam Schumer is because we passed something off the House floor. Chuck Schumer didn't think we could do it. And once we did it, Schumer didn't have the votes to do anything in the Senate. And so Kevin McCarthy was able to negotiate with the president. And these people turned what was a big win uh, into a loss uh, simply because uh, Kevin McCarthy was able to get something. Last quick question. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. I, I, you know, I've known Leader McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, for 30 years. I think he's fabulous in this job. What's your assessment one year in? I think he's done a phenomenal job. Uh, He's got, you know, the patience of Job uh, dealing with these folks. Uh, But he's he's a strong leader, and he's fighting for the conference every day to put us in the best position to serve the American people and do the job we were elected to do. Great to meet you, Congressman Lawler. Keep coming back for a New Yorker. We didn't talk about the Yankees or the Jets, so that's a good thing. We'll talk about that next time. Thank you for joining me. I'm coming right back, America, on the Tarzana Joe segment of the week. Stay tuned to the Hugh Hewitt Show. Joined now by the poet laureate of the Hugh Hewitt Show, Tarzana Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, you. A lot of thoughts this week, but they all add up to just 10 stanzas. Isn't that interesting? Here it goes. Oh, my. Politics Politics is dirty stuff. It leaves your life laid bare. And so it seems the ones who run are those who just don't care. The contents of their characters are traits I will not name. And as my grandma used to say, they simply have no shame. It seems their motivation every minute, every hour is the singular, unscrupulous, consuming quest for power. And when their scams and scheming collapse and are detected by some lower power, they seem to be protected. Now, I believe my thoughts reflect the way the public feels. We need a new alternative which fosters high ideals. I know I'm in above my head. It may sound arch or arty, but I announce I'm founding the Dress for Dinner party. We show up on the Senate floor in fine and formal vestures. We don't call our opponents names. We don't make obscene gestures. We vow to pay attention to the goals our party backs, 
no matter the temptation, we will keep it in our slacks. There are many, I know the job has lots of stress, there's many ways of coping, but I can think of better ones than scenes of public groping. So come and join my party. I promise you a forum where issues are debated with honor and decorum. That's It's My Party by Tarzana Joe. You know, I think we can we can skip the whole poem and just post a no shirts, no shoes, no service at the Senate door, don't you, Joe? Uh, I, you are I reacting. Don't quite understand? I don't understand you. I don't. I it, nothing makes sense, and this makes less sense than nothing. No, between the senator and the congresswoman, we had a low point week in terms of decorum. So I'm glad you're here to raise the standards nationally, Joe. Business is picking up over at TarzanaJoe.com as we head into the Christmas season. Christmas poem uh, requests yet? Busiest weeks uh, and, and uh, busiest week in weeks or in months. Yes, last week was very very busy. But people What's who the genre? Uh, give me absolutely no time. What? Excuse me. What's the genre demand? Oh, lots of October weddings. Uh, I don't understand, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm curious about everything. Yes, lots of October weddings. Keep Joe, do you ever get bored with your job? Uh, no, every day is a do, new challenge. I, I say I feel like a pop star, and I have to go out and I have to uh, I have to entertain my audience each time. It's uh, you, you got to push yourself, you know. You do, I meet and wonderful you can, can... people. You wonderful, wonderful, wild, wonderful people. Well, I'm glad they're coming to you. Right, Joe, if you need a poem, Tarzana Joe at Reagan.com, Tarzana Joe at Reagan.com. Rates are reasonable. Have they gone up 8% like inflation, Joe? No, I am holding the line. But when the writers settle their strike, I may, I may change. I don't know. I think you should pop. Find him at TarzanaJoe.com for today's decorum poem and write to him at TarzanaJoe at Reagan.com. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Hugh. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt for Birch Gold. Go to HughGold.com or text my name, Hugh, to 989898 to get the free information package on opening up a physical precious metals IRA, SEP IRA, or 401k. To do that, you need an independent third-party administrator. You buy the gold, and the third-party administrator puts it into a vault, and they keep you posted on it, and hopefully you add to it over the years. I want you to know that over the past 100 years, gold kept up with inflation. It is definitely your runaway money. And if you want to diversify, not just stocks and bonds and cash, but dirt and gold, well, the latter two ought to make up at least 10% of your wealth, and some of that should be in gold. I buy my gold from Birch Gold. You ought to as well. Go to HughGold.com. That's HughGold.com. Or text my name, Hugh, to 989898. Thousands of you have made those inquiries. Many of you have opened up those depositories. Physical precious metals, physical gold, the one thing that won't slip away in the night. HughGold.com, text Hugh to 989898. Morning, Glory, America. Bonjour, hi, Canada. Hugh Hewitt in Studio North. Ben Dominich is the editor-at-large at the Spectator. He's also a Fox News contributor. And most Friday, he joins me for a week in review. Good morning, Ben. Good Friday to you. Good morning, Hugh. Good to be with you. Plenty to talk about this week. Uh, what are you What are you hot on? Let's start with the House GOP crack up. I just had Mike Lawler on from New York, one of the moderate mm-hmm. Republicans. He says there are five, at least five, who will sign a discharge petition to bring a clean three-month CR bill to the floor. They will pass it and send it to Chuck Schumer if Matt Gates, Matt Rosendale, and Dan Bishop continue to screw this thing up. What do you make of the House? And by the way, uh, Lawler had nothing but praise for Kevin McCarthy, called him a Job. But these people are just nuts. Well, I think that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And one thing that I think we need to keep in mind is that 
you know, there are more than 130 members who have come to the House since the last time there was a shutdown. In other words, they're new. They haven't gone through it before. And even for those who experienced the, the partial shutdown that they had, you know, last time around, uh, Donald Trump was the president, and he had the ability to make choices uh, about what funding actually went to what places, which is a key because, uh, you know, in this situation with Joe Biden in the White House, you know, he has he has a control over whether uh, the people get paid who really need to be paid, especially, you know, when it comes to something like border security. And, and that's the kind of, of uh, you know, a little uh, wrinkle here that I think people don't appreciate. But, you know, when it comes to the people who have been, you know, just sticking their heads in the sand and demanding things that are absolutely impossible, I don't think that you should take those demands seriously. You know, th- there were people who tried to work both on the House Freedom Caucus side uh, you know, with Chip Roy and like working with Scott Perry and, and other uh, moderates to try to find some plan forward that would, you know, uh, have a border focused uh, CR uh, that would prioritize that issue, which obviously plays to the benefit of Republicans. Uh, but they simply could not get their own team to come along when it came to the, the right flank, uh, which has different priorities. They, you know, and they'll they'll make more and more demands each time around. This is, you know, Ben, it's not really a right flank. So, it's a third column. And the guy who can end this is is former President Trump, because what's going to happen is Matt Gates is going to deliver the House to the Democrats. And even if former President Trump gets reelected, he's going to get impeached in like the first week if the House yeah, is well, under the control of Jeffries. That's that's a level of foresight that I think uh, is a little bit too much to ask of this crew. Uh, you know, keep in mind, there's one other element here that's going on. We also had the news this week, that, of course, that Matt Gates is very uh, open about looking to run for governor of Florida. Uh, <laughs> run has turned out. Uh, and, and there's already jockeying between him and Byron Donalds, you know, and other people who might potentially be, you know, names that could get thrown into the mix for that. This is a, a lot about personal politics and animosity and wanting to seem like something for the for the cameras and for the eyeballs outside of D.C. Uh, without having to actually deal with the process as it works. And, at, and as we know, it has to work with a narrow uh, majority. Well, I know I know that Matt Rosendale wants to run for Senate in Montana. Yes. That's a non-starter. I know Dan Bishop wanted to be the attorney general of North Carolina. He's kicking yes, he that can down the road. But Matt Gates for governor of Florida, <laughs> if he goes outside of that safest district, he's going to get a buzz cut. <laughs> I think I think you are absolutely right on that, you. But but that's not again. It, this is not. A, a, we're not dealing with foresight here. I think that uh, you know this is just kind of a knee jerk proposition. And and look, the, there was not. I think that what you know the McCarthy strategy was really to sort of demonstrate to people, hey, look, this is what's really going on here. And you saw that with the with the votes that were going down. You know, uh, you know Pelosi can vote about you know a rule going down underneath McCarthy's leadership but i think that you know this is about proving what's really going on here which is that there is a small crew of people who won't go along with anything uh who want to you know sort of make demands that could never be met and ultimately that gives you a weak hand uh, against any kind of of negotiation with the senate it forces you to work with democrats uh, and o- in order to avoid a shutdown. And again, like I said, the shutdown this time around will be much worse. All right, Will. Uh, than what You're right, Ben. And, but I just want Gates and Rosendale and Bishop and their supporters to understand they're screwing Trump. They are really yeah. screwing Trump. Yeah. Let me move on to Zelensky. Russia uh, suffered a defeat on the battlefield yesterday. Ukrainian armor is broken through narrow, but they are expanding the break. Uh, Joe Biden, meanwhile, won't send them attack and Republican support is, you know, 30 members now don't want to get anything. And J.D. Vance actually articulated 
a very serious point of view, which is I'm not for Vietnamization, which is what Joe Biden is committed to. If you want to bring back the Republicans, you got to show progress on the ground, which is happening. And you have to have a plan. And I don't think the president's got the capacity to put a plan together. Do you, Ben? No, I don't. And I think that most Republicans are looking at this through that lens. I mean, I think it's as much an indictment of the Biden administration approach as anything. And look, you know, I was talking to Michael Waltz, uh, you know, who has, uh, I think been on your program before uh, about about this just yesterday. And and, you know, what he you know basically agrees with is that idea that, you know, you're you're giving them money uh, at a certain stage, but you have to give them the things that would actually change the dynamic on the ground. Otherwise, it heads toward this stagnation. Uh, it heads toward a situation that doesn't benefit anybody. And it is not focused on actually winning and ending this war. And I think that that's something that is. You know, unfortunately, this White House has just done this, you know, over and over again. They did it with the F-16s. They've done it. They're doing it now where they delay a decision uh, and then they hem and they haw and they don't give the kind of resources that are necessary in order to change the situation. Unfortunately, that's what we're trapped in. And I, the, the level of incompetence that we have seen from them, you know, just this past month with this uh, Iran negotiation, uh, with, you know, the, the repeated sort of incidents on the international stage, the embarrassment at the G20, uh, and everything else that's come out of this administration. We are just dealing with the JVs of the JVs of the Obama administration, and it is really hurting us on the world stage. Now, you mentioned, Mike Walt, I did not talk to the congressman yesterday. I almost picked up the phone to call him because of the Mark Milley story in The Atlantic. Mike yes, Waltz has defended that as well. <laughs> now, Millie has de- Waltz has defended Millie to me a dozen times, like Robert O'Brien. They both want to defend Millie to me because I know what the conservative critique is. He's got his problem. And Millie stabs Waltz in the back. He stabs yep. all the Trump people in the back. And it's clearly don't look at this Afghanistan debacle over here. Mark Milley saved the Constitution. I have never seen a more obvious cleanup job uh, on aisle DC but in my life. What did you think of that article? <laughs> I thought that we were beginning to see this, you know, milli hagiography that's going to come out in, uh, in waves, I think. Uh, and we're going to have to, I, I think people, you know, need to stand up and push back against it and do so authoritatively with, you know, with, with confidence, especially those, who have defended him in the past and who have the kind of, uh, you know, uh, ability to say, Hey, look, I was, I was not opposed to this guy in a knee jerk fashion, but he's proven to be what he is. And I just despise this kind of, of activity. It's a total spin job. Uh, and it's, and frankly, it's an indictment of the publication, uh, that it appeared in, which has just become, you know, a complete spin machine for all of the worst characters in the, in the Washington blob in so many repeated ways. And I, you know, I, I just, Millie is someone who does not command the respect of of people within our armed forces. You know, I I know that you're connected to them. I know that you know uh, pl- plenty of them. You know, would take issue with him on uh, a score of things other than the kind of things that he gets criticized for in the conservative media, which more has to do with wokeness and stuff like that. But I just think that this is you know we have a number of problems uh, in our military that need to be addressed in addition to everything related to the questions about spending strategy and and our posture on the world stage. All right. Media question, Ben. Rupert Murdoch stepping down. Is that just a headline or is that a real deal? Well, uh, you know, here's what I'll say. I don't think anybody, uh, even at the ripe age of 92, uh, believes that Rupert is uh, retiring to go sit in the beach chair. Uh, Right. So I think, you know, this chairman emeritus uh, label is one that does not actually, uh, you know, involve removing him uh, from, you know, any kind of of influence on the process. Uh, look, he he's had an incredible career and has had 
such an outsized impact on politics and on media. It's, a, it's a really impossible to think of a figure, uh, you know, in the past uh, 40 years who had as much of an impact as he did. Uh, in terms of anticipating, uh, you know, media trends, in terms of everything that he did to change the landscape, uh, I'm hopeful that what we see is not going to be something that, you know, uh, rejects, the, I think, the best things that, you know, he was able to achieve in terms of American media and that still, you know, in his letter to, to everyone, you know, was standing up for free speech rights and everything else related to that. And as much as the left can pretend that that's, you know, something that, you know, is, uh, is uh, you know, a ridiculous sort of wrapping yourself in the in the flag of free speech. I think it's very real, and I think he's very concerned about it. And I think, you know, my la- my comment, I'll get a quick 30 yeah. seconds. He served the underserved or unserved audience. That's yeah. where his genius was. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, we should appreciate that. And there's going to be a lot of people, you know, with knives out and saying that, you know, this is, uh, you know, uh, con- condemning him in so many different ways. We already just saw that, you know, with uh, Elizabeth Warren's comments uh, the other night. But it's one of these things where I think, you know, we'll, we'll appreciate him, uh, you know, in retrospect. I think that there's a real history to be rewritten about the kind of genius that he brought in there. Yeah, Walter Isaacson needs a new book. It's probably Rupert Murdoch. Uh, ben Dominich, always a pleasure. Follow him on the site, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X at B. Dominich. I'll talk to you next week, Ben. Don't go anywhere, America. Coming right back on the You Do It Show. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Welcome back, America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Sarah Bedford is the Washington Examiner political and investigative reporter. Good morning, Sarah. Good Friday to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I had Mike Lawler on last hour. He tells me he's got enough Republicans to sign a discharge petition on air. The transcript and audio will be posted at HughHewitt.com. Thirty-three months CR. What are you hearing, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of frustration among the more moderate Republicans like Mike Lawler with the fact that you have these Freedom Caucus members who don't seem to have a clear end game. And, you know, a lot of personal animus towards McCarthy seems to be driving some of this. But I do think that, you know, there, there's certainly been progress this week towards towards bringing this to an end. But I mean, still, it, it makes McCarthy uh, look weak in some ways to have these Freedom Caucus people sort of undermining spending levels that were negotiated before, threatening a shutdown. And there's nothing that clear that he's really been able to offer them because they don't seem to have a, a, a super coherent set of demands. Well, that's what Mike Lawler said. They don't have any demands. They just they hate McCarthy. Lawler went out of his way, by the way, to praise Speaker McCarthy for having the patience of Job. But when you've got only four votes because of the resignation of Chip Stewart in Utah due to the family emergency. You've got to have everybody but Gates, Rosendale, and and uh, Dan Bishop. They're running for higher office. They're, they're looking for clicks and donations. What do you expect to happen? Because I do believe we'll end up with a three-month CR that doesn't do anything for Republicans. And by the way, do you think former President Trump is going to call up Matt Gates and say, Matt, I'm going to win re-election. I don't want a House that's run by Democrats. They'll impeach me again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what I what I what I sort of see happening is, you know, 
McCarthy can pass things with Democratic votes. That's obviously something that, that he can do when his margin is so thin, something he might very well end up needing to do. And conservatives have sort of said that's going to poison the well if that's the way that you want to move, uh, you know, whether it's an omnibus, whether it's a CR, if, if you want to move that forward without even trying to quarter votes. But ultimately, that seems to be the path that McCarthy's going to have to walk because, you know, if these conservatives aren't really giving him any room, something has to get passed eventually. Right. And so, you know, they're sort of forcing McCarthy into the hands of Democrats in some ways by not even really giving him an opening any way, any path forward to win their votes. The problem, Sarah, is that Gates and Rosendale and Bishop are for sale, but they won't stay bought. They have, according to law, they have moved the goalposts repeatedly and thus the caucus, except for these 12, and it's sometimes down to five, and it's usually just those three, are talking at the microphone, is very frustrated. And McCarthy's doing a wonderful job, but you really can't negotiate with someone who doesn't have any demands. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes you hear them saying, you know, we want more border security policies, immigration reform. Sometimes you hear them saying, you know, the spending levels that were negotiated a few months ago, those aren't sufficient. We need to to revisit those. So, you know, if it was one specific thing, right, if they were asking for, let's just say, a chunk of money to build the border wall and, you know, McCarthy could either decide to grant that or not, that would be one thing. For McCarthy, this seems about about just as much as any sort of spending cuts. Uh, this also seems about weakening him as a speaker and these conservatives flexing their muscles within the conference. And so, you know, it, it, in that context, the the undermining McCarthy is kind of the goal and they're accomplishing it. Well, let me ask you that. I didn't know this until Ben Dominich told me Matt Gates is going to run for governor of Florida. Brian Donald's is going to wipe the floor with him over this thing. Matt Rosendale's running for Senate in Montana. He's not going to beat uh, the SEAL who's up there. Dan Bishop wants to be Attorney General of North Carolina. I think he's blowing up his chances there. Have you done any work on whether those three are raising money for those campaigns yet? Because this is counterproductive for each of them. I haven't, but it's certainly, if that is their goal, they're accomplishing it, right? They're they're in the headlines. They're being perceived as sort of leading a so far successful charge to uh, obstruct and upend the uh, appropriations process. So if, if that is their goal, I think they're certainly accomplishing it. And, you know, by the way, those a lot of those Republicans are also in, you know, really safe red districts like Matt Gates is never at risk of losing reelection, right? The way Mike Lawler very well could be next year. So a lot of these Republicans have different calculations when they're going into these negotiations. But, but, but Gates, I'm sure that Gates it's can't be beaten in this district. Gates cannot be beaten in Florida. But if he runs for governor, he's against Brian Donalds, who's working with McCarthy. I do believe that the the caucus split reflects the split in the Republican Party. Uh, and that would be about 97 percent behind Speaker McCarthy and three percent behind Gates, Rosendale and Bishop. I really do believe the caucus actually represents the party, not these three outliers. The, but the media loves to talk about these three outliers and not the caucus. Right. I mean, you know, to, to the extent that this spending negotiation has been held up. I think the media likes to portray this as, you know, a, a result of Republican dysfunction. And that's true in the House, you know, but obviously, you know, Democrats aren't really willing to negotiate over the spending levels either. And Democrats control most of the government. So, you know, there's there's a lot at play there. But certainly, you know, those few Republicans are holding up the entire process. And that's got to be frustrating for members that are potentially going to struggle with 
Sarah C. Bedford on X, formerly known as Twitter. Great to talk to you as always on a Friday, Sarah. Thank you for coming back. I'm coming right back. I'm going to the Hillsdale Dialogue with Dean Matt Spaulding. The graduate program on statesmanship is next on the UUS Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 